Amen. So awesome. Thank you for coming this morning. Um, so also I hear the women got together or something this weekend. So we're a little bit short. I think y'all wore all the women out in the weekend, but um, I heard it was really good. I heard it was awesome. And, um, and uh, what's that? Oh, I bet they're all, I bet you guys are all here. So um, awesome. But I heard it was really good and uh, it's good to get away. Good to seek the Lord. Amen. I heard it was really powerful. Um, I'm actually going to ask Robert, Maria, Nick, and Alyssa to come up and stand over here. Um, we're going to do something I, I think is kind of special this morning. Where, are they coming? Come on up, Nick. Nick's like, where's everybody else? So what we're going to do this morning is, um, so we've been teaching through the book of 2 Timothy. And this is our last, um, our last week to, um, to, uh, to, to teach on 2 Timothy. We've gone through the whole book verse by verse, and, um, and we're excited. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to read the whole letter, the whole second letter of 2 Timothy. So back in the day, um, not really this letter, this is a bad example, but um, a lot of times when Paul would write to churches, he would, um, he would write the letter to the churches, and he would, he would task somebody to come up and read that letter in the church. And, um, and so I thought, it would, that's kind of like, this is very much early church stuff. So I have four readers, and actually, I, I picked these guys on purpose. And um, these guys represent people in our church that work behind the scenes, that, don't know, that people don't usually recognize and, re- and see, but we need to appreciate them. Uh, first of all, there's Robert. Robert works in our, our, um, our sound and tech. Makes it, makes it all the stuff that you see, all of our live stream and all the stuff he has. He works with a team around it. He actually helps vision out and he, he knocks, uh, Pastor, I need some money. Praise the Lord, we have it. Amen. And so, but he's really good. He's really good and frugal about all the stuff that Nick, actually Nick works with um, him and my, my daughter, this is my son-in-law. Uh, Nick, uh, well, we're just going to take the in-law off. Is that okay? We're just my, this is one of my sons. And... Um, and I love Nick. Nick is a, is a Tar Heel fan, so be nice to him today. <laughs> so be really nice. He, we watched it together last night, and that's how you know you still love each other, because I'm a tech fan. And so, uh, but Nick works with our young adults, and uh, is really good. Give him a hand. Awesome. And, and Alyssa over here, Alyssa works with our, um, with, she works alongside uh, Dylan, Dylan with our youth. And uh, it's just awesome and helps Dylan out. And they, she does does a great every single Sunday night. She's here. Amen. Give her a hand. And then uh, Maria Chapman. Um, she works back in our, amen. Maria Chapman works in our, um, in our children's department. And she, she does a lot of stuff. But she also represents, she also represents all the people back there. Amen who work every single Sunday for our children, with our children and our kids, that they go so, so many times, so unnoticed, uh, hopefully not unappreciated parents, but they, um, we appreciate them. And I just wanted to uh, give them an opportunity and pick, we pick these guys out. Well, I picked these guys out because I wanted to acknowledge what they do. Amen? And for, so let's give them a hand. They didn't know that's why I chose them, so, but... Um, so we're going to do that. We're not going to have the words on the screen. We're going to have you just listen. If you want to take out your, 
your app, your Bible app, and turn to second, not turn, you click, whatever you do, um, scroll to Second Timothy. Uh, we're reading in the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, and uh, we're just going to go ahead. So go ahead, Robert. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, go ahead. All right. A greeting from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by God's will, for the sake of the promise of life in Jesus Christ. To Timothy, my dearly loved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am convinced, is also in you. Therefore, I remember you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Amen. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with his holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Jesus Christ before time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed as a herald, apostle, and teacher, and that is why I suffer these things. But I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. Hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you have heard from me in this faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that all these, that all those in province of Asia have deserted me, including Phygeus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy on the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he diligently searched for me and found me. May the Lord grant that he obtain mercy from him on that day. You know very well how much he ministered at Ephesus. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, 
He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and descended from David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. This is why I endure all things for the elect, so that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remember them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. This is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the world of truth. Avoid irreverent and empty speech, since those who engage in it will produce even more godlessness, and their teaching will spread like gangrene. Hermaeus and Philetus are among them. They have departed from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and are ruining the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, bearing this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also those of wood and clay some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But reject foolish and ignorant disputes, because you know that they breed quarrels. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. <clears throat> But know this, hard times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, in irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness but denying his power. Avoid these people. For among them are those who worm their way into households and deceive gullible women overwhelmed by sins and led astray by a variety of passion, always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just like Janus and Jambres resisted Noah, so these also resist the truth. They are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to the faith, but they will not make further progress for their foolishness will be clear to all 
as was the foolishness of Janus and Jambres. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from, all, from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and impostors will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. You know those, you know those who taught you and you that, inform, that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. And this is where we will pick up with our teachings this week. Make every effort to come to me soon, because Demas has deserted me, since he loved this present world and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you, for he is useful to me in the ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left in Troas with Carpus, as well as the scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did great harm to me. The Lord will repay him according to his works. Watch out for him yourselves, because he strongly opposed our words. At my first defense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that I might fully preach the word, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I rescued from the lion, so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus has remained at Corinth. I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Make every effort to come before winter. Eubulus greets you, as do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. That's so good. So God, we ask God your anointing, God in your help, God in your word this morning. We thank you, Father, for what your word has already spoken to us this morning, just in the reading. 
And God, we pray, God, that by your spirit this morning, God, you would instruct us, convict us, help us in our understanding, and uh, most importantly, God, help us to be more like your son, Jesus. God, we honor you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. 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 That was really cool to hear the word of God just read, the whole, the whole, uh, the whole letter just read. Um, so if you've been with us through this whole series, this is part nine of our series in 2 Timothy. Um, you, you know that um, just some re- little bit of review, just the, the reason for writing this letter is obvious and what we just read. And by the way, just a special shout out to Alyssa, who had chapter four, who had to read all those names. Yeah. <laughs> so good job, Alyssa. Um, we appreciate that. So, um, uh, but this letter is written from a, from a prison cell in Rome. And uh, not just a, uh, with no creature comforts, just concrete floor and maybe a concrete bench and probably dark and probably cold, which he actually, which is one of the reasons he says, hey, come before winter and don't forget to bring my cloak that I forgot. Like, so this is like real talk to, uh, in, this, in this deal. So he's writing to Timothy, um, a mentor, a mentee of his, someone he's mentored his whole life. And, uh, and so um, we talked about the fact that Timothy in this reading is not a, a kid anymore. He's not the little kid that he was picked up on the, on the first part of Paul's missionary journey, his second missionary journey. It, now he's, he's raised up and he's confident. He's uh, most likely leading the church in Ephesus. And we talked a lot about Ephesus, about what's going on in Ephesus. And, and uh, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit at the end today. But um, just to give us some, this is, and, and then it gets really personal in this last chapter where Paul starts naming off names that have been with him. And it, and it hit me this week that um, just like, uh, once again, is the Bible relevant to us today? 100%. Because in this letter, in this last portion of this letter, what we see is, is Paul talking about all of the people that he's run across through in his ministry time. Isn't that amazing? And he just runs through and starts talking about this person, that person, and this person. And it just reminds me that that's like our life. You know, some of us, uh, so, uh, so I'm in my, in my 50s <clears throat> now. And um, what's amazing is as you, as you go along your life, you realize that people come in and out of your life. For the most part, there's only a few people who stick, not stick with you. That's the wrong word. This is what our mindset does, right? That people who just are alongside us, we'll just say that, for our whole lives. Those people are few. And most of those people are forced to because they're family. (laughs) Right? So these people are forced to, right? And so you have to go see him at Thanksgiving. We'll be getting Thanksgiving soon and all that, like all in the holidays and getting together. And most of those people, a lot of those people stick with you forever, right? A lot of those people. And some of the family members, they don't stick with you forever, right? And so what I want us to see here is that it's not out of the ordinary for people to be in your life and people to exit your life. But they're all part of your story. The people that we run, and a matter of fact, really, 
life is really built on the relationships that we have with other people. And that's why it's so sad in the culture that we live in where relationships and friendships are becoming more rare. Strong friendships and strong relationships are becoming more rare. We saw during the, during the pandemic and the, and, the, and the political stuff that happened a few years back, we watched, like some of you watched people who were with you. They turned away from you because you thought this way or you did that and you took the vaccine or you took the wear a mask or you whatever you did, right? And people like completely, and what created, what happened was people became divided. Even, even like, you shouldn't even have to say this, but even in the church, people just became divided over these things. This shouldn't be so. Jesus, number one, the priestly prayer, right? In, in the book, of, in the gospel of John, where Jesus says, I pray that they would be one, right? And so what we have now, we've, we've even, that like something about that time, uh, I'm convinced, you don't have to be convinced, um, but I have the mic. So uh, I'm convinced that something happened fundamentally in our culture during those times. Because what we found out of that, now was it there before? Yeah, like there's some parts of this that was there before. But it seems like our world got highly critical, super critical, super critical. And that, that the moment you said something that people disagree with, sit down and shut up. I can't, I can't really associate with you because you believe in blah, 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 blah. And now, like, it's become hypersensitive that if we disagree about anything, man, that's, we're like, I'm out the door. Like, we can no longer be friends. Like, literally, it's happening. And we're watching relationships and friendships die off. And what, what, what my heart, you know, when, when we started this church, when we started this church, we realized we had, we had done a lot of ministry in other churches. We did, we've done a lot of ministry in other, in, in other churches. And, you know, when my wife and I left that church to plant this church, we realized that we had a lot of acquaintances in our life, but we didn't have a lot of friends. We didn't have a lot of people that we could pick up the phone and go, hey, you want to go have uh, lunch this week? Hey, you want to go have dinner this week? Hey, you want to get together this week? Oh, we're going to have, but what it really was, was we're going to have to get together because we've got this small group thing we've got to go to, right? But the reality is, like, so that we came to the idea, Julie and I came to the idea that that's not, that's not godly. Like, it's not, 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 not to fault anybody, right? Not to fault any other churches or any other thing, but what God has called us to do is to reestablish strong relationships within the church, because we are supposed to, how am I supposed to build you up and encourage you daily like Scripture tells us to if I don't have relationship with you? How am I supposed to build, it says daily. Build one another up daily while it's called today that you won't enter into the deceitfulness of sin is what Scripture says. So how are we supposed to do that if I don't, I don't have relationship with you? If I'm just another random guy that goes up to John and goes, oh, John, be encouraged, brother. I'll see you maybe next week if I feel like it's important enough to come, right? So, like, we, we misunderstand what church is all about. Church, and not only church, but life is about relationships. 
Guys, listen, this is the core of what we believe at Hope Church. Somebody asked me one time, don't you want a 2,000-member thou- church? I went, no, no. Are you kidding? Like, we got something good going here at this church. Now, now, if we grow to a certain number, we can plant another small church. I'm all about that. Let's do it. Amen. Let's, let's do it. Actually, that's part of the vision of who we are. But I believe that God's called groups of people, and I believe, actually I believe, kind of biased, but I believe that that's what our world cries out for, is strong relationships. And so, so what we see in this letter is all these people that Paul have gone through their lives. And back to my point, other point was that, that people are going to come in and out of your life. And let me just say, that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that they were against you. It doesn't necessarily mean that y'all have to have this argument about each other. He brings up uh, Priscilla and Aquila in this letter. Well, those are people that he met along the way who were leading churches, who were leading a church. Like, and I don't know how much they hang out or they talk to, but you know what Paul remembers? Hey, they were with me. But he does mention this guy, Demas. Poor Demas. I was thinking about Demas, and, and um, he says that Demas... <laughs> oh, man, it would be good and bad to be friends with Paul because you might find yourself in the Bible. <laughs> How would you like to be, um, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm okay with Demas being in heaven, right? I'm okay with Demas, you know, this isn't the end result of Demas's life and Demas fell away from all the faith and turned away. It just says here that Demas has deserted me since he loved this present world. Like, how would you like, like one day, listen, I believe we're going to meet Demas in heaven. And you know what he's going to say? I know, I know, I know. Like everybody asked me about that Paul statement. <laughs> Through all of time, since Paul wrote it, I messed up. I messed up. But I believe Demas would say, but I'm here. Right? It's interesting that we see Demas um, because Demas is an interesting character because he's mentioned in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 14, where he says, um, I don't, none of this is up there, but just listen. He says, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, Luke, my dearly loved, he's just, he's, again, he's listing some friendships and all this stuff in, in the book of Colossians. And he says, Look, my, Luke, my dearly loved physician, and Demas sent your greetings. Philemon says this in verse 24, Mark Demas and, my co- and, my, and Luke, my co-workers. So he's mentioned as his co-worker. So somewhere along the line, Demas fell off the wagon. And we see that, don't we? We know people. But man, I thought they were on fire for God. I thought they were fighting the good fight. I thought they were doing it, man. As a matter of fact, they were doing it. Paul would say they were doing it. He, he, was, he was with me. He was my co-worker with Paul, doing the hard stuff that Paul did, working, studying, reading. And next thing you know, things got really bad, and Demas, the word he uses is deserted him because 
He loved this present world. It's sad, isn't it? But it's also sad with the people we know. It's sad to the people that, that I know, that I look. And, and, and actually so many, I was talking to one of our church members the other day, and um, she was talking about people that she went to Bible school with. She went to, actually, she, was going, she went to Lee College. She goes, and all, so many of those people are, quote, unquote, deconstructing their faith and walking away from faith. Actually, they're not really deconstructing. They're just walking away. That's sad. Like, not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody's going to fight the good fight all the way to the end. And Demas is our example, unfortunately. Poor Demas. Not everybody who starts with you will finish with you. And that's the reality of our world, of our life, of just being alive and being a follower of Jesus. Not everybody is going to walk with you all the way through the end. Amen? And Paul is like, um, some will betray you. Some, like um, some of these other guys, um, Christians and Titus had to leave. Doesn't mean he left out of anger. They just had to leave. They left. Paul sends this other guy. He says he's this other guy down to, um, what, he sent him to Ephesus, right? He actually sends them there probably to um, take over because he's calling Timothy to come see him. So he's probably given him, hey, now go take, his, take Timothy's place because Timothy is about to come see me. So go down there and take care of business. And he says, only Luke is with me. Luke, faithful Luke, that we see him at his traveling companion through, through the book of Acts, right? We see uh, Luke being a travel companion of Paul. And evidently, while Paul's in prison, Luke is there with him. So Luke, evidently, when he gets taken away to Rome, goes with him. That's a good friend. That's a good friend. And then he brings this other guy. He says, bring, bring Mark. Bring, bring Mark? If you know anything about Mark, actually, Pastor Allen at CCMA brought him up on Wednesday. He says, so Mark, if, if you know anything about Mark, so there, Mark was traveling with um, Barnabas and Paul. And so in the middle of their missionary journey, Mark goes, I'm out of here. This is probably harder than it looks. I didn't know we were going to go traipsing through all these other places. I didn't know we were going to be climbing all these mountains. I didn't know that first place we go, we're going to be hated and and almost killed. And I didn't know all this was going to happen. So uh, you and Barnabas, y'all have fun. And not only did he leave, but there became an argument between Barnabas and Paul. So this guy, Mark, leaves, and Barnabas and Mark, Barnabas and Paul, like, split ways. Like, Barnabas went off his way, and then we know that it's now, like like what Pastor Allen said, he goes, we used to, they, they talked about Paul and Barnabas, but now we talk about Paul and Silas. Because Barnabas and Paul had a big disagreement. Because of Mark. This guy, Mark, caused some trouble. He was an issue. I don't have to talk about church and people causing issues. That's disruptive. Different Mark. Yeah, different Mark. Although this Mark, mm, well. mm. 
Mark's team actually won region this week. So and the guy, excuse me, the gentleman, the guys, and uh, yeah, the uh, uh, Chris, uh, Tristan was one. Yeah, Mark just coached. He coached. Tristan did the work. Amen. Anyway, Mark, Mark, different Mark. Different Mark. Caused trouble. But now, isn't it interesting? How many of you know time does things? Time does things. So now Paul is saying, hey, Timothy, uh, you know Mark? Bring him. He's youthful, useful for me. Isn't that a great redemption story? Isn't that a great forgiveness story? How many, how many of you know, like, all the people that leave and do th- crazy things, they're, they're not always the enemy. They always got, they, maybe they just got stuff going on in their head. And they call, he, Mark literally caused a disruption on that trip, on that missionary journey. Yet Paul says, hey, bring Mark. I don't know what that relationship, I don't know if there was a conversation. But sometimes people leave your life and then they come back into your life later. I'm so grateful, um, he's not here this morning, but I'm so grateful for my friend Ken Willis, who was like a father to me. Uh, I've, I've talked about him at Northern, he hates it when I do this, but it's okay, he's not here today. So he was like a father to me when my father passed away. And so after, a, uh, so we were really tight, really close. He was like a father figure to me. And then next thing I know, life happens. We split ways. I go to this different church and he went to a different church and things happen. And then all of a sudden, years later, decades later, I get a phone call and it's Ken. Hey man, let's get together. And we've gotten together a whole lot ever since. So sometimes people go, come out of, go out of your life, and then, boy, I don't know about you, it's a blessing when people are able to come back in. Old friends from the past, they come back into your life. That's just the way life kind of works. So I want, I, want you to, I want us to normalize that, that that's okay. Sometimes people aren't always going to be with you all the way. Amen. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that's the way life is. And I think Paul is bringing these things out. Well, we are bringing these things out of what Paul is saying because Paul met so many people along the way. And so it is with us, you know. Um, you know, we planted this church 11 years ago and there's people that are, where's Melissa? Melissa's with us. Melissa and Mike, they were at the very beginning with us at the very beginning. Actually, Melissa helped us find this building. And uh, she's been a huge blessing ever since. And uh, super godly people. And I appreciate those guys for, for um, and they're here. I'm, I love it. Karen, back there in the back, wave Karen. Wave Karen. Karen actually does our accounting. And, um, and she was actually our very first visitor. Um, David, when you have your first visitor, it's amazing. When it's more than just you and the church plant and some random person just shows up. It's amazing. And Karen has been with us ever since. So, uh, But there's people like that in your lives. But there's also people who started with us and they're off doing other things. Actually, they're off doing God. A lot of them are off doing godly things. Are they, with, are they quote unquote, with us? No, they're, on the same, they're still on the same team. Amen? And so that's the way we treat people, with open hands. We treat people with open hands. They don't belong to me.
And then, um, let's see, hang on. So then we also see that, um, we also see that Paul calls himself alone. He said, basically everybody's gone, except Luke is here. I sent this person there and those people left over there. And, they, and basically Paul says, I'm alone in this prison cell, all by myself. But you know what he says? He's not alone. The Lord's with me. God's with me. Now, I'll process that for a second. When everybody's left, and it's just you, it's not just you. My thoughts go back to uh, the, many of the Fox's Book of Martyrs talk about the, their life when nobody else is around. And they talk about the strength of God that comes on them. Even when it's, you know, is it God's best? Is it God's best that Paul's all in? His, no, no, it's not God's best. God's best is relationships, friendships, people around you to build you up and encourage you. But Paul finds himself in a, in a prison and he says, um, he says, not everybody's left me. God's always with me. Can, the question is, the challenge is, do you and I have such a relationship with God that when people desert us, when people do desert us like Demas, when people like the coppersmith does say all the things that they say about you, are you still going to cling on to God? A trap that we can get into, this is very quiet this morning, but these relationship things are super important because I said it before about my, my wife. My wife is my best friend, my best friend. Not, there's, not a, there's not a challenge to that. There's nobody even close. She is my BFF forever. She is. Amen? 28, almost 28 years. 28 years next week. Amen. And still, my best friend. But you know what? Now, I'm going to say it shockingly, but hear me. Hopefully, you know my heart. So if you're first time here, you don't know my heart quite yet, but the rest of it will vouch for me. But as far as she, I say it like this. There's a saying out there that says, she completes you. You know how much I, for not, if you've been here a while, you know how much I cannot stand that phrase. My wife does not complete me. You know who completes me? Jesus. And when Jesus completes me and Jesus completes her, you have a great marriage. Marriage tip 101, be complete in Jesus. If you're dating, it Yep, all right. This is one of my favorite sayings. Happy single people make happy married people. If you're content being who you are, then you're going to be content when God brings you somebody else because you're complete in, the, in God. Now, is my wife a helper? You guys know. Are you kidding? I'm not that smart. Is that for me? Is that for me? See, I told you he causes trouble. Bring Mark. He's still faithful. He's good. He's still helpful. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I know, I know. 
But it's true. It's true, right? Does she help me? 100%. But if, I, if she can, I don't know why I'm in this. I am so deep in the weeds. Because these relationship things are important, right? If, if she, if she, like she's sitting, she's not even sitting there. She's there. Hi, Julie. It, it's your first time. This is just who we are. This is who we are. If you don't, if you don't like organized religion, this is the perfect place because we're not like, we're not that organized. So, I'm just kidding. We are actually very organized. We are. We we do good. It's just me. It's just me. So if my wife, listen, it's too. Listen, watch this. It's too much pressure for my wife to think that I would complete her. It's too much. It's too much weight. Nobody should bear, bear that weight. You know what I bring? I'll just pat myself on the back. You know what I bring to our relationship? The strength of God, knowing who I am in Jesus. Because what if she's down? What if she's having a bad day? Oh, my gosh, the, my completer is down. No, 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 no. My wife, my, my wife is complete. So when I have my, ba- my bad days, my wife, who is complete and know who she is in Jesus, can come and comfort, encourage, build me up because we're both strong in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Marriage tip 101. If you get that straight, I'm telling you, if you get that straight, you get a lot of things straight. Relationships. Happy single people. Oh, yeah, singles. Is that person complete in Jesus? If they're not, Mm. <laughs> Pray. <laughs> yeah, so then he talks about these, says, hey, I forgot a few things. We'll get back to the message. Hey, we got, forgot a few things. Um, I forgot my, um, either I was ripped away from all my stuff while I was there and got hurled into Rome. I'm not really quite sure. But um, all I know is he left his cloak. <laughs> he left his scrolls and his parchment. So evidently, Paul was like ready to, if you read into this, the scrolls and the parchment, Paul was ready to do some more writing. He was ready to do some more writing. And, and probably it's, it's, the timeline is really close to maybe Timothy made it back. There's a good chance that Timothy never made it before Paul was executed. So this is the last letter that we have of his. And probably never was able to write the letters that he wanted to write. And he says, oh, yeah, beware of that coppersmith. He's bad news. Here's where it says this. Um, now I'm just going to continue on. So in all these things, i got to move. I wanted to just remind us as we end this letter, there's so much more. That what, did we, what have we learned from this letter? What are some of the things that we have thought about? And at the beginning of this series and throughout the series, I said this. This is the reason I want to teach through 2 Timothy. First of all, we need to be people of the word. I want you to realize that, yes, you can read your Bible. You can. You can read and understand your Bible. The lies out there that says, the Bible's just too confusing. Those are lies. Can the Bible be confusing? Yes. And then we say this, well, the Bible means different things to different people. Let me read this. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's go back. 
Now in a house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also wood and clay, some for honorable, some for dishonorable. So if anyone, listen to this, if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart for the master and prepared for every good work. Flee youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Does that mean different things to different people? That's pretty plain, right? He's telling us what to do. Now, are there some places that go, oh, I don't know, maybe, yeah, people fight over these things. For Most of the Bible, that when you read it, it's just plain. Just read it. And like I said before, if you don't understand what you read, just keep reading. Don't break out. If there's something that you don't understand, may, may or may not be time to break out your commentaries and all the things that you look up. It may be just time to go, I don't understand what that reading. Next. That's okay. Let me give you permission to not understand something that you read and keep on reading. Just keep on reading. Because one day you'll be, you'll be reading and go, oh, I know what that means. I know what that means now. Oh, I have better, I better have, you know how um, I love uh, Jessica and I, one of my, the best conversations, one of the best conversations we ever had was Jessica is, this is Jessica, wave Jessica if you don't know her. Jessica is in charge of our um, uh, discipleship here at Hope. And we were back in the back and I said, Jessica, how do you get people to read their Bible? And she goes, she, and I said, we need, what we need to do is get more helps and more commentaries and more, maybe you get some, these videos that are really good to help understand. Remember that conversation? And, and um, she's like, she's looked at me. And like Jessica does. And she goes, then she asked me this question. She goes, how did you start reading your Bible? And I went, well, duh, I just started reading it. She went, just encourage people to read their Bibles. So the first reason why we did 2 Timothy is read your Bible. You can read it and understand most of what you read. Can we just say it plain? Plus, you have the Holy Spirit. There's a cheat for you. You have the author right there with you, with you every step of the way. And the second thing we said we wanted to do is we wanted to remind people that Paul writes this letter to Timothy. Timothy's a leader in one of the most ungodly places in that known world. And most of the people in that place do not serve God. Oh, much like Cherokee County. So how do you live, Timothy? How do you run a church, Timothy, in a place where most people don't believe like you believe? And you know what we found as we read through this? We found these statements that said that all these bad things are happening. But Timothy, as for you, as for you, Timothy, we drill down into this is you and God. You can't control what other people do. Not only You can't really control what other people say. You can't control with how many people are Christians and how many people aren't Christians. You can't control how many people go to church and how many don't go to church. But we know what you can do. What has God called you to do? Timothy preached the word. Be ready in season and out of season. There may come a time where somebody's gonna, someone's going to come out of that, that um, temple of Diana and they're going to be broken, but you're going to have an opportunity to share, the, share your faith with them. There may be an opportunity where you are walking in Walmart. Is that like, did, I just, did I just make Temple of Diana and Walmart this thing? That's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> wow, that's, that's interesting. Hmm, I got to think about that. Like just walking in the door, God, I plead the blood of Jesus over my um, Is it, <laughs> I'm so out of it this morning. 
if you're walking at Walmart and God gives you a word for somebody that's there, he may give you an encouragement for somebody that's there. And you have an opportunity to be ready in season. Church, be ready in season and out of season in Cherokee County. Be ready for the, the hope that lies within you. You know, what's your, you know what we need to do? I don't know about everybody else, but I know, like Paul said, I know in whom I believed. I know where I am. And walk around Cherokee County with that confidence of knowing who you are in Christ. Amen? Grow. Grow. Paul encourages Timothy to grow. He encourages the church in Ephesus to grow. Be convicted. Church, Hope Church, along with Timothy, be convicted in the things that you need to be convicted in. Allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you in the areas that God, because he's growing you up. We all have room to grow. A couple of key scriptures and we'll close. I just picked out two scriptures from each chapter. And I don't think they're just, listen. 2 Timothy 1 verse 12 says, This is why I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, because I know in whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. Key scriptures. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, Therefore I remind you, Hope Church, Timothy, Hope Church, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying out of my hands. Hope Church, sometimes the fire goes out. Sometimes it burns down to an ember. The command to us, the encouragement to us, is to rekindle that gift. 2 Timothy, in chapter 2, verse 22, flee youthful passions and pursue. He tells us what to pursue. We're supposed to pursue arguments with our culture, right? Nope. He says, flee youthful passions and pursue you, Timothy. Pursue you, Hope Church, me. Righteousness. Pursue faith and pursue love and peace along with those in our body who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, preach the word and be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. 2 Timothy 4, 3, for a time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. Does that sound, does that sound familiar? But according to their own desires, they will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to say. That's the reality of our culture. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Paul, about to be executed, says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. What did you glean from this book? What did you glean from this letter? I would challenge you this week to go back and read it again. And read it, like I always say, read it slow. Don't just read it to read it. Stop on the things you need to stop on. Meditate on the things you need to meditate on. And allow God's word to speak to you and change you into the people that God's called us to be. Fight the good fight. Hope Church, people of Hope Church, fight the good fight of faith. Believe God for your neighbors. Believe God for the people around it. Believe God that God's going to continue to use Hope Church 
to, to do what God's called us to do in this community. Do you know this week, actually on Tuesday, let me get you on to some good news. What does that look like? Fight the good fight of faith. That one of the things that Paul has helped us do was Super Surge. Super Surge is our, our outreach that we do every Friday. You know, Hidden Falls, who we were there every, like I said, every Friday, um, they, called, they called us up and they said, hey, we're putting on a big um, fall thing for our, for our community. We're giving out food and candy apples. And um, um, do, do you think you could get some people to come down and, and help us? The community who was giving out food to their people in their community called us to have us go help them distribute the food. You know what that's called? Influence. You know what it's called? Favor. You know why? Favor didn't happen just because we confess it. Favor happens because we're there week after week after week and love after love after love. And they called us. And so I got to meet the guy who called, he's the head of the, um, he was the head of the community, right? He looks at me and we're cleaning up and he looked at me, and so, um, I think, Charlene, I, thought, I think you watched this conversation happen. He looked at me with such gratitude. He goes, thank you guys for what you do for our community. If you don't know, we go there every Friday. We present, um, we do a kids program for the kids. And he goes, thank you for what you do. And last week, we had 70 kids. And we're like to end, 38 parents show up. So, Hope Church is a force. Amen? And so then he looked at me, and he looked at me, and he said, um, he said, he said, if you ever want to do anything here, let me know. And I went, record that words. <laughs> so we're not done at Hidden Falls. We got more work to do, and we have a wide open door. That's what Paul says, right? Pray that an open door will be given to me. That would be going and preach the gospel. Guess what? Open door. So we're grateful. But that's part of fighting the good fight of faith. You know, we've been in that community for five years. Five years. And, um, and it was great. Do what? Build a church in that community. Let's do it. Amen. Actually, okay, is this recorded? Don't. You know what I want to do? That, that community, I have a vision. I want you to join this vision with me and pray. That, that community, if you've ever been down Hidden Falls, I challenge you just to drive through Hidden Falls because there's a, it's, a trailer, it's a trailer park, and really there's some really nice trailers in the front, and then as you drive in, it's like going into a developing nation. It's, 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 it gets really bad. And um, there's all kind of stuff that goes on. And you know what? A lot of those people don't go to church. Actually, probably only about 7% of them. Once a month, evidently. Could be less than that. But I thought, they just finished renovating their um, clubhouse. And I walked in there and I went, I bet this place will seat about 70, 80 people. Why don't we just start a church right here? Why, why don't we quit begging them to come to Hope Church? Begging people to get out and, and just, just plant it right there. Bring it to them. Bring church to them. And have a church for that community. Let me tell you, there's enough people. 
Actually, we could use a couple of them. So, baby, if you want to work on that, we can work on that together. Let me, let me tell you something. The, the, the fields are white to harvest. In Cherokee County, the fields are white to harvest. Let's go and do it. Amen? Fight the good fight. How are we going to do it? By taking some of the examples that God gave to Timothy. And being the people that God's called us to be first. And preaching the gospel. Amen? Let's all stand together. Is that this Friday? This Friday night, we have Pursuit Night. Um, that is our, once a month, we do a Pursuit Night to, we just, to rekindle the gift of God that is within you. Actually, maybe that's a thing. This Friday. So we get, we get together, put on some worship music, just worship God, throw away the clock, eh, kind of. And then we just say, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? We have open mics, we have a word from God, it's, a, it's our... Um, as I've said before, and we'll get back into it. They say, what do you believe? What, are you like a Baptist church? Are you like a, what the nom- Here, Here's what we are. First of all, I'm a follower of Jesus. Second of all, I'm not a cessationist. I believe in the gifts of God. I believe that God still works miracles. I believe God gives you a prayer, will give you a prayer language. I believe God will fill you with the Holy Spirit, not just one time, but multiple times. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of healing. We've seen healings in our church. But it's almost like really good to step aside and go, there's some foundational things that we need to get right. Because you know what? It, it matters how we love each other. Amen? Matter of fact, Paul says this, you can have all the faith you want, you know, the faith to move mountains. You know, all those great preachers who preach on faith. But you don't have love. He says, on the test score in heaven, you get a zero. It doesn't matter at all in the kingdom of God. And how we live, and how we live as followers of Jesus, fully surrendered to him, it matters. And I believe out of the fully surrendered, I believe it's the better the flow of the supernatural things, the better the flow of the prophetic, the better the flow of the miracles and healings, the better the flow of, 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 um, of the supernatural, amen? God, we look to you this morning. And God, we're challenged by this letter that you, I believe you gave Paul to write. We're challenged by this letter in so many different ways. God, in the truth, sometimes we pursue things we shouldn't pursue. God, sometimes we love the world and we forget our calling. God, there's times where I forget the calling that you have in me. God, I need to rekindle those things. God, there's sometimes I don't treat this like I'm a good soldier. There's sometimes, God, I don't treat this like I'm an athlete training. But God, would you help me? That I'll be all in for you in a world that's surrounding me that doesn't know you.
God, would you equip me? God, would you equip me? God, would you give a love in my heart for the people around me? God, would you fill me so much with the Holy Spirit that everywhere I go, God, people would know the difference. They could see, not only see, but hear the difference. God, there's people outside these walls that don't know you. Evidently the majority. So God, would you help me? And God, would you equip our church with creative and compassionate ways, God, to reach people around us? God, we love you, God. We thank you for your goodness. Now, if you're in this place and you just say, I, I need to rekindle and rededicate my life even to the Lord this morning, or you need to have a, you can do that right where you're at. You don't even need me to pray with you. You can do that right where you're at. Just acknowledge him. We thank you, God. We love you. In the mighty name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's go be the church. Amen. Let's do what we always do. Church, let's just say this. Say, I can do all the things that God called me to do. God revealed to me my calling and my gifts. I know in whom I believe. In Jesus' name, I am what God says I am. And I can do all the things God says I can do. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing week. God bless you.